Freestyle Travel. Hey everybody, this is the Freestyle Travel Show. I'm your host, Kenny Flannery, and this episode is going to be focused on Liz Stewart, currently living in Mobile, Alabama, and throwing the National Marijuana March for Alabama, trying to legalize weed in the state and potentially all over the place down the road. That's going to be on April 20th, 2018, so 420, starts at 420 p.m., pretty easy to remember. Uh, yeah, she'll get into that and other bits and pieces of what she's doing in life. And I'll catch you up on what I've been doing, which starts with her again. Uh, the last episode I recorded March 15th. I think I got it posted on March 16th, late night. Anyway, so I went to sleep after recording that episode and I woke up hearing Liz and a few or a couple other girls, I'm sleeping in the loft while I'm here in Biloxi, like in the garage above the workshop where the sewing machine is and all that good stuff, and yeah, did not expect that. I heard those three girls walk in like, wake up, so they had uh, gotten their their hands on a convertible somehow, I'm not sure how, and driven from Mobile to uh, Biloxi, totally unexpected, I was sort of planning on hitchhiking that way. But when I go to sleep, I just turn my phone off, put it on silent anyway, and um, so I guess she tried texting me that she was spontaneously showing up. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's how that day got started, and I uh, got some things together. I had to talk to someone who's going to help make some backpacks and stuff, but eventually got on the road with them and cruised on over to Mobile, and the next day was St. Patrick's Day, and that was pretty damn fun. So I went all over the city just drinking good beers and hanging out up until the sun came up and then some, uh, doing all kinds of stuff, meeting all kinds of people, just having a rowdy, rowdy good time in downtown Mobile. Uh, stuck around Mobile for another day or so and yeah, caught a ride to Biloxi again and the Bivy Pack project, the Kickstarter for it anyway, finished, completed, funding, uh, secured, it hasn't come through yet, the actual money, but um, yeah, it was a success. So there's going to be a bunch of bivy packs being made. Pretty stoked about that. Really stoked, actually. Been spending a lot of time on it. Uh, so that's that's going down. And eventually Liz came through like a week later or so. She came back to town with another friend. Uh, a couple couch surfers came through. They were road tripping from Texas and just doing a big loop. Uh, so that was like a night or two of going to casinos, checking stuff out. I was in a poker tournament, uh, yeah, running around. Liz ended up staying for about a week and in the mix of that recorded this podcast, um, at least her part of it. So that was pretty fun all week, just hanging around, doing my backpack thing. She's making calls to politicians and different groups and sending emails and, basically getting a lot of stuff done for this uh, marijuana march that she's doing, and I'm doing my backpack thing. One big trippy day uh, painting and hanging out, a bunch of stuff, and finally dropped her off in Mobile and came back here. So, yeah, a lot of stuff ahead, but let me uh, jump right into my little chat with her, and you can hear about the marijuana march and everything else that Liz Stewart is up to. Here we go. All right, we have Liz Stewart right here. Hey, Liz. Hey. Uh, I guess we got to 
few things to talk about, but let's start with the weed march, marijuana march for Alabama. Trying to get it legalized or at least raise some awareness for it. Um, why you? Why is this happening? Um, I don't really know. So, I guess for me, it started like a few years back. I was living in Kansas City, and a coworker of mine had a relative who had a child that was around four or five years old, and um, he was battling um, a form of epilepsy. And so I started following their story then whenever I was living in the city. And then um, fast forward, I moved to Alabama. And this child, you know, every pharmaceutical they tried, nothing would work. He lost the ability to read and write, um, losing his ability to speak. So Fine. push came to shove. And we, well, um, the family started to go fund me to try to move the child and the mother and leave two siblings and a husband um, in Kansas and move over to Colorado um, to try to save this child. Right. So the money was raised. Enough money was raised to move her and the son there. And he, I watched when he got there, he started thriving. He regained, you know, all of these abilities that he'd once lost. He's getting ready to start school. How old is he at um, this point? He's six now. So he'll be in kindergarten. So he'll actually be able to do all these things because he had access to cannabis, and he's now considered a um, a medical refugee in the state of Colorado. Do you know how he was taking it? Um, I believe the way that he was taking it, it they would um, put it into his mouth. Yeah. Um, so I believe he was doing it orally. I think at one time point, at one point in time too, they were using like a nasal spray. Oh, whoa. yeah. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so... Um, so they raised the money, he's there, yeah, and now so he's, he's doing... Yeah, so he's there, he's thriving. Um, so, you know, I had a, um, donated to this cause to, like, help get this family there and seeing, like, you know, all the great results. And fast forward, I'm in Alabama, and I'm watching Jeff Sessions say things like, good people don't smoke marijuana, and this, that, and the other. And I thought of that family, and I was like, this isn't true. Like, none of these things he's saying are true. Jeff Sessions is like the... He's our um, he's our attorney general. So, where I live in Alabama is actually where he is from. Um, and I just felt kind of insulted. I was like, this is an insult to my intelligence. It's an insult to everyone around me. And I live in a state our, where, you know, last place in all these different categories, our educational system's failing... One in four children live in poverty. Um, and I'm looking around and I'm like, my gosh, he's like bashing this thing that could literally save all of these people and all of, you know, where he like where he's from. And he's supposed to be a leader and people who are leading you push you forward and he's holding all of these people back. So, of course, I got upset. And um, I think like every great story ends with just like a, maybe like an upset woman just ready to do something. <laughs> So I got online and I decided to create a protest on April 20th to protest, um, not protest Jeff Sessions, but to, you know, demonstrate that I would prefer if marijuana were legal in this state and right. just kind of uh, make the public aware that, you know, of the facts and that there's no reason why I should be in one state and be able to do this. Yet in another state, I'm considered a criminal and I'm jailed. So that it just didn't make any sense to me. And I feel like this and the tax revenue would bring in, it would solve a lot of the problems for the state that I live in. So I was like, this is insulting. This is not true. I'm going to throw a protest and I'm going to make people aware. 
So I thought, you know, it'd be, I was like, well, me and my friends and I can go out to the park and we can just hold a protest on April 20th. Yeah. So I like created an event online and I started inviting people. Well, people responded and they were like, we want this, you know, it's, it's something we want. And people were like very, very excited about it. So I was like, okay, we can do this. Let me get a permit. Let me figure this out. We can totally do this. This is great. The response just fueled me even more, you know, like the bigger the response, like the bigger the vision got and it's, right. and it's like happening, you know, yeah. it's like starting to happen. And it's like incredible for me to see something that just from one person speaking out and saying like, Hey, this is what I think. I think this, I think this should happen. And, um, all these people agreeing and everyone's coming together and everyone's, you know, focused on one cause and one goal and all these people are coming together to make that happen. And it's an incredible thing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It seems like everyone I talk to is for it. Like yeah. in the South, I guess it's Jeff Sessions guy for whatever reason. I haven't, I don't know what he looks like or what he sounds <laughs> yeah. like. I haven't heard him speak personally, but maybe yeah. he's not for it or at least publicly well, he's not for it. But. You know, it, they grew up in a time where they didn't have the facts that we have today. You know, yeah. we have all of this information at hand, all of this proof, all of these people whose lives are being saved and these, you know, states and cities that are thriving and um, this quality of life that's improving, these educational systems are improving. We have that proof now, whereas, you know, he may not have. So he may not have yeah. the ability to understand that things change and we gather information and we know certain things. And um, that's called progress. Yeah. You know, that's progress. So, well, it sounds like most people you talk to, I mean, I know you're looking for sponsorships and other things, but most people are on board and it sounds sounds like the only sort of negativity you've gotten is from people that are a little bit nervous that it might not look good for them because it's marijuana and there's this connotation behind it. But yeah. Ha but have you actually talked to anyone who's just like actually against it? They're no. not worried about it? Yeah. I haven't That's talked to anyone who said, no, I'm not going to do this because I'm not against it. It's a fear. Yeah. Um, and that's part of like the control mechanism, you know, we've created this like fear and this stigma around this thing that's actually, a, you know, a, a natural medicine. But it doesn't seem to exist anymore. It seems like even these people that are worried about the stigma right. of it being bad, well, like worry, those people yeah. aren't even... Well, they worry about being targeted by there. law enforcement. That's everyone's worry. They worry about being targeted by law enforcement and they worry that people who who don't have, you know necessarily believe all of the information like such as jeff sessions yeah. or necessarily arm themselves with facts or know certain things um they'll lose business or they'll lose sales when in fact everyone that i know and everyone i've talked to totally supports it it's just it's a fear um surrounding it which is terrible no one should be afraid to speak their mind and say hey i believe this you know we shouldn't live in a world where you can't say you know what? I agree with this and I believe it and fear, you know, being targeted or any backlash whatsoever. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to, we have to respect each other's beliefs completely. I feel like that's the big thing it's going to accomplish is people are going to come and it sounds like lots of people are going to talk from all political sides, all financial sides. You said there's doctors coming. And yeah. Um, we got Dr. David coming. Allen. And then I'm looking at having an economics expert come speak just to speak to, you know, what this would actually do for our economy. Um, Alabama is one of the poorest states in the country. It would make, and they, they have beaches, they have deltas. You know, if you legalize cannabis, you'd have a, 
you would have a thriving community on the water. What would that do? What would that look like? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems to me that after this event happens, especially if it gets to coverage, which I'm sure it will, it seems like at this point it's getting pretty big, then the rest of Alabama and the country will be like, ah, yeah, Alabama's on board too. And then it's just a matter of time before people draft up uh, the laws, propositions, and things to actually get it on the ballot, legalize it. Yeah, we hope that happens. Um, basically, what we have to do is demonstrate that we want this. Uh, I found out in the state of Alabama... If you petition to have something done, it doesn't matter. Um, according to our Constitution, which was written in 1901, has not been amended since, um, petitions have no have no voice in the state of Alabama. Um, the bill has to be drafted. It has to be approved. Three out of five state legislators have to um, agree with it for it to even go on the ballot. However, we don't get to pick and choose which laws they put on there. That's completely up so to them. So if you do a petition, that's just like marketing to, for yeah, them. Yeah, it's nothing. Really. It's absolutely nothing. Um, mm -hmm. So what we've got to do is come out, get together, demonstrate, hey, we want this to happen. And that's what's going to motivate these people to pass these laws and put it on the ballot. Because right. we have the votes. We're the constituents. So, you know, the more people that come together for a cause, the more likely it is it to end up on that ballot. We have a lot behind this. I don't think you mentioned normal. You told me that earlier. That yeah. Um, I, I, mean, got, I guess tell people what normal is in case they don't know. Yeah, normal is the um, National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws. So they're the people that um, protect people who are activists, people who, um, you know, in states where it is legal, but it's still not federally legal. Hmm. They they practice law. They represent clients. They make all of this possible. So Alabama did not have normal as far as I know. However, in the process of doing all this, I even had already planned the event. I ended up meeting someone who, after speaking with them and telling them kind of what I had going on, we were out at dinner and I was just like, yeah, I'm planning this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on board with Alabama normal. We're trying to reassemble. Um, I want to know more about this. Yeah. You know? So like that's how I got linked up with them. It was complete coincidence, and now I've got Alabama Normal co-hosting. They're trying to get started up again. They're trying to get 501c status. I was like, come out, co-host. Yeah. You know, this will help you guys. I would love to have you. And, um, you know, because this isn't my event. This is, this is for this cause. This is for the people to come together and, like, have their voice be heard. Yeah, you're sparking it. You're yeah. definitely organizing it, but it's the people's. Yeah, it's them. You know, yeah. the people have fueled all this. And the bigger the bigger the number got, the bigger the vision got, and the more that got done. Um, so I ended up, like, meeting Alabama Normal, and they put me on a conference call, and I told them, you know, I have this vision for this event, and this is what I want to do, and this is why. And we just hit it off, and they were like, yes, we want to do this. We're trying to get reassembled. Um and so I got them to co-host, and they are going to also be speaking at the event to inform more people about Alabama Normal and make their presence known, because they're the people who are really going to make this happen. Um, they'll also be accepting new members at the event and helping people register to vote. What does that mean, like new member? Like just you, can, um, you can donate, and you can become an official member of Alabama Normal. Um, so you, you know, you'll keep up to speed with their news, help out with events I gotcha. and, you know, add some numbers to the, uh, the people who want this to happen. You so know? what do you picture the event looking like? You said there's going to be people speaking. Yeah. Um, it's, 
There's going to be music. Yeah, there's going to be music um, uh, in the works with a few bands. And I also have an international DJ. He's an electronic DJ, has actually volunteered to come play, DJ Mo. Yeah. And he's been playing in like Greece and Norway. And I just happened to like happen to meet this person yeah. um, down at the beach one day. And I was, he's like, I'm a DJ. And I was like, oh, I, I need some, you know, music. I'm hosting an event. And he volunteered to come play for us. So I'm very, very excited, uh, you know, to watch him play. So it's looking like it's shaping up to be a great event. It's going to be a lot of great music. Uh, the speakers, you know, it's going to be very factual. It's going to be very uh, informative. And uh, we're just going to do nothing more than shed light on facts and help people tell people how to make this kind of stuff happen, you know, and how to, um, how and to I, vote, you know, when this comes up. Yeah. I was going to say actionable too. People yeah. can register to vote. Yeah. yeah we're going to yeah. help people register to vote, um, and introduce them, you know, to different people in the community and, um, hopefully bring everybody together and do something great. So if this does happen to get on the ballot, would that be voted on in November? Is that like the next chance? Yes, for... that would be November. Um, and if not, the next opportunity, I believe, would be 2020. Okay. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But hopefully we can get it on the ballot in November. I think if we have a large enough turnout and make it known enough, it, it will it very well could go on the ballot. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> it's exciting. It's a uh, lot, but it's exciting, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what about your life in between? So you were in Alabama, just, I mean... Yeah. Beyond the marijuana march, just you, like, um, you lived here, and then you left, and now you're back, but what did you do yeah. in between? Were you traveling, living other places? Yeah, like, I was. Um, I was in Austin, Texas, and then I lived in Las Vegas, uh, went out to Kansas City, and then I came back to Alabama. Okay. Yeah. What were you doing in those few places? Um, I was doing, I was writing stand-up comedy, and I was selling art, so... Um, in all like, those places? It kind of yeah. got started in Austin? Um, yeah, I started in Austin, and then I went to Vegas. And then also when I lived in Vegas, I was um, a nanny. So I worked actually with, like, an autistic child. So I'd work for two weeks, like, with this child, and then I'd have two weeks off. And I'd go hang out with my friends, um, you know, do art, do some stand-up, and then, like, work again, you know, then go back and work with the kids and then hang out. And what made you leave Austin to Vegas? Anything? You just... Picked up um, I moved there to like continue writing comedy and continue doing comedy. Is there a big comedy scene in Vegas? Yeah, there's a huge comedy scene in Vegas. Vegas mm. is like where you want to do comedy. Okay. I always figured LA, New York, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Vegas seems like that too, I guess. Yeah, Especially yeah. Especially big, big shows. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is a funny place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. My brother's there right now. It's his birthday. I'm sure he's Oh, yeah. A, happy birthday. Good old time. <laughs> he probably is. It's Vegas. Yeah. All right. So more than that, why Vegas to Kansas City? Uh, my parents were living in Kansas City. Okay. So I moved like to be closer to my parents. I got kind of homesick. Went back home, moved to be closer to my parents, and then um, my parents ended up moving back to Alabama. Okay. So, <laughs> Did you do any comedy in Kansas? No, I didn't, actually. Oh, yeah. I kind of stopped doing it after I left Vegas. I don't know. I think I was just uninspired, you know? Yeah. I think I was just completely uninspired and just couldn't write, and um, I don't know. I think I think a lot of it had to do with, because um, I was great at it. I love stand-up comedy. 
I just didn't feel like I didn't feel necessarily like supported in that profession. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. Did you have a lot of friends in Kansas before you moved there? No, I really didn't. Um, so you just kind of had to go I there. I didn't really know anyone there. Jump in. Yeah, I How long went there for? Jump in. Um, I lived in Kansas City for like two, three years. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then when your parents left, you kind of were drawn back to Alabama as well. Yeah, I wanted to be close to my family, and um, again, I was homesick, so I came back. I came back down to Alabama, and um, after living, you know, in Vegas and Austin. I just kind of got to look in at, like, the world around me down here. And it, I guess that's kind of what inspired this march, too, is just everything's so far behind. And it's shown in such a bad light. And I'm just, like, for things to get better because I genuinely feel bad for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. But, but it's just... Um, it's just sad to see a place that has so much potential not doing more, you know? Yeah, Mobile is um, a little bit empty, I noticed right away. If we were yeah. downtown and there's a lot of for sale places, I saw buildings that could easily be super cool hostels or bars or other things. And it's just. Yeah, and. There's um, a lot of cool spots too. Yeah, like yeah, you say, no, it's I love some it. Potential I love Mobile, see. but, you know, it's just. It could be so much better, and I don't understand why it's not. And. The people who are who are in charge, it's, it just seems like they don't have everyone's best interest at heart. And it's, uh, I don't know. My first in, in, like my first reaction was to leave. I was like, I'm going to move. <laughs> and then I was like, like, way. like, why don't I just do something about it? You know, like this is where I grew up. And my gosh. Have you spent time in some of the other cities in Alabama? I really haven't, to be honest with you. Um, I mostly stayed in Mobile. I've um, I've been to Birmingham before. I've been to Montgomery. I just haven't really had a desire to like hang out. You know, go up there and hang out. Yeah. When you were there, did it seem similar to Mobile, or did you not even spend enough? Birmingham's time? like Birmingham's kind of different. Um, I think Birmingham's a pretty good place. But I mean, Mobile kind of has its own personality. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it they, definitely they claim does. Yeah, the first Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's got its own kind of little personality. It's almost—it's weird. It's like a coastal Nashville kind of mixed with New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny here in Biloxi. Like, it's—they're both equidistant, New Orleans and Mobile. Oh yeah, so you're kind of like right in the middle. Yeah, to go to either, it's about an hour to either one. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah, and Mobile. You know, they claim that. First Mardi Gras thing. I think the first time I couch surfed in Mobile was on the fringe of Mardi Gras. It must have been like the tail end because there was definitely trash and beads everywhere and still people were partying, but it felt like it was fading a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like New Orleans where I know there's Fat Tuesday and other events, but it's sort of like a long, drawn out. <laughs> it's a long process. Mardi Gras is oh. long, man. Oh. I was <laughs> at one point I was praying. I was like, I just need Mardi Gras to be over. It's like one of those things you look forward to, and then like you just pray for it to go ahead and end. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got, like carried away on Fat Tuesday, and I was like, I'm gonna go down there at, like 11 a.m. <laughs> and it was just like I, I don't know. I get excited for holidays, so I was like Fat Tuesday. Then you're like burned out by yes. six or something. Uh, yeah, oh. like seven o'clock. I was like, I'm over Mardi Gras. I want to go home. <laughs> I'm done. I want to go home. Yeah. Then some people are just getting out. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Some people are just ones. yeah. The people who do it the right way, you know. But uh, yeah, I was done. But it's one of those things. Like when it's over, you're like, thank God it's over. 
Yeah. You know, like you love it, but you're just like, thank God it's over. Yeah. I've mostly, at this point, I feel like I've spent more time in Mobile than, because uh, I've hitchhiked through like Birmingham and Montgomery, but usually that's all I'm doing. I spent a few days in Huntsville here and there. And Huntsville's a little bit smaller. Huntsville's got the space, like the space center, though. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. I haven't like gone and checked it out specifically, but you can see like a big old shuttle from the highway and things like that, which yeah. is kind of cool. I think that's neat. And um, space is cool. Um, a guy picked me up in Alabama, and I crashed at his house in a town called Eclectic. <laughs> Ooh, I've never been there. It's tiny. I think it probably is. I think he's talking about starting a music festival there, or something. What kind? Just like a small-ish music festival. I was like, it's perfect. Just the name of the town alone. Eclectic. eclectic yeah, like eclectic music festival. Probably draw a That's crowd. a great idea. Yeah, and not like yeah. some 50,000 bomber, but like I don't yeah. know, a few thousand or even a few hundred. Like it'd be That'd like be fun. A cool scene. Uh, I mean... Mobile needs like... I'm not Mobile. <laughs> I'm stuck <laughs> on Mobile. Alabama needs music festivals and stuff. You know, we really do. Yeah. I feel like more could come down here and... The whole marijuana thing, it's just, it's one state's going to fall after another. It's oh, yeah. inevitable. And eventually, yeah. federally, it's going to be fine, too. I mean, my guess is that it's going to be legalized federally before even every state gets to it. Well, it'll have to be, you know. There'll be a few states that haven't done it and just federal law. But I honestly just think we should keep the federal government out of it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know exactly how the law To be honest with you, like, why should around. they care? Well, they don't seem to. It's been like, <laughs> no, it's been around in California for ages. Right, like, right. And, so, like, just get, just do it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rare that they go and bust them. Right. And I, I didn't see one cop like getting upset about weed when I was in Denver. Not one. It's weird. No, no. I mean, <laughs> the big thing, I guess, in Colorado and even California is that um, people don't want to have a bank account. If they have a dispensary yeah, and things like that. Yeah, because you have like to like that, you have to do it all in cash. Otherwise, like you can, they can raid it and take your seize your money. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Know, like so heard. everything's done in cash. Otherwise, your money can be seized. So. Yeah. So. I just need. Do it. <laughs> She's sneezing, but yeah, I've heard that, and I don't know how it works with money, but I feel like um, people who like money would probably want it to be in a bank account because banks can use that for things and. So it sort of would make sense for it to be legalized federally just so they could um, get their grubby hands on the money a little bit more. People start putting in bank accounts. Well, yeah, that's why we don't it. want them to get involved because right? they'll take all the money. Let the states keep the tax money and do whatever they want to with it. You know, yeah. As soon as the federal government gets involved, they're just going to bankrupt the states again. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know the numbers. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. They'll find a way to make. Yeah, then you have have it federally and like state taxed, and that's absolutely ridiculous. Just let the states do it. You believe in states' rights? Believe in states' rights. Yeah. It's a states' right to legalize marijuana. Then I wonder how it would work out with like cigarette companies. Like, there's no telling. Albert Old Greens and stuff. <laughs> if they just start blowing. Oh, just it like up. green packs. <laughs> yeah, and then it'll just be like a whole like GMO and. Yeah, they'd ruin it. They'd absolutely ruin it. They ruin everything. Yeah, once it goes commercial. So that's yeah. why it's kind of... It's done. It'd almost be cool if everyone was just, like, chill. Like, if you run into a cop and you talk to them the right way, they're not going to bust Like, it was just, like, an understood law. No one's getting arrested for marijuana. Yeah, even if it's like, on the Yeah, books, it's written so. in paper, but, but we're, we're going to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do the right thing and not throw people in jail for possessing a plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that. I just feel like it's like a violation of a human right to be denied access to a plant that could potentially increase your quality of life. Yeah. You know? To I feel like that's a violation of a human right. And uh, anyone who violates your human right in such a manner doesn't have your best interest at heart. It's in true. my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea. This is, of, these are uh, all opinions. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of cops just uh, agreeing because they're the ones who got to do, do things, really. Mostly cops. There's well, yeah, they get to complain. make decisions as human beings. And I feel like, all right, at least for a while in New Orleans, I heard from a lot of people, and I'm assuming it's true, that they didn't even, and this might still be true, unless there's like a gunshot or something. They're like, not coming around. They're not coming we around. We were in New Orleans, remember? Like in all the balloons. Oh, yeah. People were just doing nitrous in the yeah, streets. Yeah, there were just nitrous tanks and on the street. And there's cops right there. And there's directing traffic. Yeah. Because like that's like how, like, if you're not bothering someone or threatening someone. Yeah, you're not getting. What's the issue? Physically attacked. Yeah. And these people what's are What's the issue? Yeah, just let you it know? go. Yeah. Like, and if you don't agree with smoking marijuana, don't smoke it. Yeah. You know? It's a choice. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to be. No one's bothering you. In the room with it. Like, yeah. It's still like. If you disagree with it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't right. ruin everybody else's <laughs> potentially good time. It's getting to that point. I'm glad you're doing this because. It's about time everywhere. It's coming around. Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even smoke that much personally. It's just, but I mean, I do sometimes and I'd right. rather not have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like the only crime associated with the plant is because it's legal. You know, if you made it legal, there would literally be no crime associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. All those numbers about people in prison because of it. And yeah. That's like we, a whole like, conversation we're just like on its own. locking people up for possessing a plant. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of people in Oklahoma. It's We're going to ruin again. someone's life over that. Five years for smoking a joint. Five years. And then he's like exposed to prison culture, you know, and then that breeds a whole new set of issues. Yeah. Getting yeah. better. You're just Get- making things worse. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm personally pretty upset. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I want to ask you about your... Um, well, no, you should talk about the Roy Moore thing, too, because that's kind of... Oh, yeah, that is kind of how like I got like in- sort inspired, of yeah. Inspired and also got a lot of attention pointed towards you, yeah, which makes true. it... Sort of, it seems like it made it easier for you to it draw more attention did. to I this issue. I wasn't, like, thinking about it, though. No. I was just like, hey, me and my buddies will go out to the park and tell people, you know, give for people information. Yeah. Um, about medicinal cannabis and have a little protest. It's always nice when we get together, you know, the people I'm usually like at protest with. It's always yeah. nice when we get together. And um, anyway, the Roy Moore thing, I, uh, we had a special election here in Dece- December and this man was running who had been removed from office, had been caught embezzling money, He broke federal law. When gay marriage became federally legal, he stopped issuing anyone in the entire state a marriage license, including straight couples. He wouldn't let anybody in the state get married. Wouldn't let anyone get married? No, he wouldn't let anyone get married because he's like protesting gay marriage, I guess. Can he do that? No, he broke federal law. Like he broke the federal law and he violated tons of people's rights, you know? So I was like, well... And on top of that, there were, like, a few allegations against him. So, 
I got kind of upset about it. I was like, you're really going to let this man run to like represent me? I live in this state. This person represents me. That's not the person I want representing me, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to say something. I don't want... I want everyone to know I don't agree with this. That was my whole thing. I don't agree with the fact that you're allowing a person who intentionally broke federal law, was removed for office twice, embezzled money, and now has this other stuff going on, run for office. I don't agree with that. So I just like went out and protested him and started like a group for people on Facebook. Nobody really gave a crap about the group um, because... We're in Alabama. We're in a red state. Historically, it's been a red state. We haven't had a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat, by the way. I was just opposing him. I wasn't protesting for anyone. Yeah. I was just protesting against someone. Yeah. And um, because I thought he shouldn't have been able to run. And um, we elected a, a Democrat for the first time in 20 years during this special election. So I did a protest. I did a silent protest one day. I stood out on a street corner by myself for like three hours. I put it online. I was like, pop up protest. Everybody come out. And it was just me. So I stood there for three hours by myself on a street corner with a sign. And I let people yell at me. I let people scream at me. A lady got out of her car, got my face on the corner. And I just stood there and I took it. Because you know what I learned by doing that? The way that you react to another person says a lot about who you really are. And I had a lot of these, you know, a lot of men scream at me and call me names. I got called a communist just for saying I didn't like somebody. <laughs> and I took it. And these men screaming and yelling at me, some of them had women in the car with them. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, but it was great to be able to do that because it was very eye-opening. And then I held another protest on election day downtown at the park. And it was me and some college students who happened to find me on Reddit. And a couple other people showed up. And we protested. Well, this national organization found me. Found my little protest somehow online. And they nationally protested with us. We started a national protest. They did a sit-in at Trump Tower. They sat in Chicago. They went to Seattle. They were in Hawaii. Um, all over. And we, all, we did a national protest that day. So then this media company out of San Diego found me and ran this like whole story about, you know, my experience and things like that. And I got really inspired by that. So I was like, I want to do more. Like I want to, I should start speaking my mind, obviously. You know? Yeah. I should totally start speaking my mind. So I was like, I think we should be legal. And guess what? Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. Oh, at this point. People are listening now because you established something. So. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just kind of running with it, and the more people get involved, you know, the more I'm inspired to do it, and the bigger it becomes, and it's like everything just falls into place perfectly. I haven't haven't really run into any issues, you know. Sponsored people are starting to help sponsor. People are coming out. Um, we've gotten people from you know every political spectrum coming together to do one thing, and that's absolutely unheard of. And I'm just super proud of everybody. You know, we can bring everybody together for this one cause and get it done. What a thought. Yeah. <laughs> just a Who few weeks thought? left. Everyone's yeah. going to be gathered up. Everybody's getting together, too. Yeah. You know, because we're focused on the cause. And the cause is we feel like this should happen. We want it to happen. And there's going to be great music. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you got to smoke a cigarette? Or? Yeah, I was going to grab a lighter. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I also wanted to ask you about 
the Ted Talk thing, which is maybe totally different. Yeah, I'm you submitting. Really like I'm submitting for it. yeah, I'm submitting for this TED Talk. Um, they're doing at a college um, in Mobile, so I'm kind of preparing for that too. And I wanted to bounce ideas off of you because I feel like you'd have good opinions on the subject. I'm kind of like having writer's block, so. When? When is it? I don't know. It's like in November, but I need to like submit by the beginning of April. So it's like crunch time on it. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I've just been kind of like pondering that and trying um, to get ready to like submit, you know, everything I want to submit. What is it? It's, um, it talks about going deeper, about like the interconnectedness of life, how... You know, we're all interconnected and seeing beyond the surface of everyday life to find those connections and um, just looking at life as more than maybe face value. Okay. So by interconnected, how exactly do you mean? Or do you get to make that up? Is this your concept? Or well, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's a given concept. Like they give you the concept and then you kind of write about it. Um so, yeah, so I'm kind of looking into the interconnectedness of life, which I've kind of thought about, you know, sitting here talking with you, how, you know, this started for me three years back. You know, had I never, had I never run into those people, that child, I would have never done this. You know, had I never worked with that woman out in Kansas City, I probably would have never started a marijuana march. Had I never come back to Alabama, I would have never protested for Roy Moore. You know, it's... um so is it kind of like a, you know, a butterfly effect? That kind of similar, stuff? yeah. Kind it's a like similar that. butterfly effect, and how all these things that happen throughout life later on, you know, it's like they run, they run together. They all kind of come together and mesh and form like this big picture. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a puzzle. Like as you're going along, you pick up pieces, and then you get to a point, and you put them all together, and they just form this like one big picture. And you're like, ah. All this stuff happened, like all this stuff. And it's not like, life's weird because it's like not all necessarily good things. But had the bad things not happened, the good things would have never happened. You know, so. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to digest there. I always think, (laughs) (laughs) like good and bad, you can't have good or bad without context. Exactly. You have to have a comparison. one person's good and someone else is bad and someone else is nonchalant, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. it's It's a comparison. So you have to have something, you know, everything's just you know, on one level all the time, and it's just kind of okay all the time, you never know, like, great, you know? But at the same time, you would never know terrible. Yeah, but also, to the other point, like, the butterfly effect. Like, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't know you, I wouldn't be in this garage making backpacks if not for a text message. Well, I wouldn't know Christian if it wasn't from a text message from a friend I have in New York saying, my grandma died, I'm having a really bad time, I want to go to a Spurs game, can you come to Texas? And I would have never gone to Texas to go to the Spurs game. And if I hadn't gone to Texas, I wouldn't have hitchhiked back here and gotten picked up by Christian. Whose garage we're in. Whose garage I'm in <laughs> two, three years after he picked yeah. me up because we became friends. And he took me in for a week that time and we stayed in touch yeah. and he liked the idea. And now I'm here and now I know you. And now yeah. we're. Yeah, you guys uh, launched the backpack and. Yeah. All these things are happening. True, yeah. All because of one text message that I responded to and acted on. Yeah. And could be, I could be anywhere else right now. Right. You could be anywhere same. else right yeah, now for same. Different, different reasons. Yeah. One decision off, you know, I'd be in a completely different world. Small little choices. Yeah. I think about hitchhiking a lot because especially with hitchhiking, at any time I could dip into a gas station or mm. not stick my thumb out to one particular person or yeah. say, 
not go to their house when they offer or something. Just little itty bitty decisions that trigger. Very small decisions, you know? Everything. I don't know. And at the time, like, you go through things and you think they're so bad, but in reality, they're kind of like setting you up for like something better. I feel like, especially for me, when I make plans, I kind of sell myself short. Yeah. You know, I sell myself short because I make a plan and I'm like, all right, this is the plan and this is the great thing that's going to happen. But that plan could be way, way less than what could really be possible. Yeah. You know, plans yeah. are like w- way less than what's like actually possible. Yeah. No, that's why I like ideas, not plans. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like that. Ideas. Like you've asked me and Christians are like, what are you going to do when you're done with the backpacks and stuff and i have ideas i have ideas going to south america i got an idea of doing a loop around the u.s first i got an idea of maybe going to tokyo and stuff but right a plan is kind of gonna sell myself short because anything else could happen in between now and then i could meet anyone or do anything like and even you said i'm going to austin that sounds cool yeah you talked about going around for a month that sounds cool we talked about and i was like i may not be in austin though you know i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen so and that's the best. If you make a plan, then you feel like you got to cancel that plan when someone else offers a better opportunity. You're like, oh, am I committed to this plan? I arbitrarily. It always hinders like, you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's best. To, I don't think it's bad to make have ideas. Like you have an idea that you can go to Austin, and right now maybe that's a default. Like sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But don't commit to it <laughs> right right and that's like we were talking i was like well i could come like help make backpacks and then we could just go for your birthday you know so yeah. it's already kind of evolving yeah you, know, you know what i mean so yeah. and like i honestly just don't know what's gonna happen but i want to leave myself the space to allow things to happen you know at the same time i want to leave a space to like allow things to happen um because if you would have told me a year ago a year ago i couldn't even walk you know mm. that i'd be doing all this Right. I would have cried. <laughs> I would have cried because it would have been so sad because it seemed so far out of reach. It would have seemed so far out of reach. And um, now I'm like just marching around town, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so as far as the interconnectivity, like, I don't know. It almost sounds like two different concepts because it's like a domino effect that one thing can happen and then all these other things happen. And obviously a lot of people are involved. Mm-hmm. Like... To give that San Antonio to here example, like right, right. I met different people and they picked me up hitchhiking and now they have this story and I saw people at the Spurs game, blah blah blah. Yeah, and Christian, but well, I think it's, I think the marijuana march is a great example of interconnectivity because um, you have all these people with all. Sometimes they have a lot of opposing viewpoints coming together for one thing. You know, they're connected by that one thing. Here's this one thing we all agree on. Yeah, you know, and they're making something great happen. Um, everyone we know, we have at least one thing in common with. And if we can find that, like, common ground, it, it brings us together, you know? Well, at least allows you to communicate, if nothing else. Yeah. And people still disagree on things, but... Yeah, but there, you can disagree on things without, you know, hating other people or insulting other people or disrespecting another person as a human being. You know, at least have respect another person. Like you're, you're my fellow human. If nothing else, you're my fellow human. Yeah, I think we were making a good point the other night um, as far as like labeling things and being a, a part of something. Like as yeah. soon as you, because that's 
yeah, as soon as you try to label yourself as something or join a group and not like a real group, but just like an ideology, as soon as you tag yourself with that, sometimes it's like, you get sucked into it, you know, Well, you get sucked into it. But then like all of a sudden, do you have to take on all the other values of that concept? Right. Like, like I have to believe everything you say because I'm this label. Yeah. And are, are we fighting against, like, labeling ourselves and society as a whole anyway? Like, don't let society label you. Don't wear a label. And, you're like, we're all so quick to label each other and label ourselves. And, you know, what? the end result's the same for everyone. Yeah. No matter what you believe, at the end of the day, the end result's going to be the same for all of us. No matter what that is, it's the same. Death? Or? Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, why... I don't know. It's mind-boggling me that people are like, well, I have to be this, and I'm this, and I'm this. We're all humans. We're all just human beings. I think people just look to feel like they're a part of something and included. Yeah, and easily describe what they are. Like, even you could just casually call yourself a vegetarian. But right, then, but, but I'm not. I'm yeah. Like, I'm really... I'm, I'm a really crappy vegetarian. But you're not. There's no word for no. exactly what you like to eat and when you want to eat it. Right. But vegetarian is like maybe the closest, easiest thing <coughs> to say. And then a lot of people will say that and then they'll either get attacked or they'll start. And they feel like they have to like live up believe. to something and then they're they're like hard on themselves and they get stressed out. It's just Yeah, there's no point. Yeah. Just, just why not Be just easy on yourself. Every you know? decision one at a time. Yeah. Like, do what's best for you. <laughs> Then, so do you have a lot of this interconnectivity TED Talk put together? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have writer's block, and um, I'm just having a hard time finding the words. So, they'll either come to me or they won't, you know? Yeah. They'll either come, they'll either come to me or they won't. Cool. Well, I like it. I like everything you're doing. So. I'm excited about it. It's like all coming into all coming into play, all coming together, and it's just turning into this great, great thing. And I'm honestly amazed. I sometimes question reality. I'm like, is this really happening? <laughs> but it is. Like, And every day we get closer and closer and closer, and more and more people are getting on board, and you know, more things are happening, and it's just I'm amazed on a daily basis that this is happening. Cool. So I guess we'll just close this off with not what are your plans, but what are your ideas going forward? Obviously, you got to write this TED Talk. You got the Marijuana March on yeah. 420, April 20th and And then, um, of course, I'm going to continue to sell art. Yep. So I'm going to continue to paint. and um, You have one of the coolest domain names, too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just my name. Yeah. It's literally just my name. I saw it. I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the website I need. It's Liz Stewart, but it's Liz Stew.art. Yeah, Liz Stew.art. <laughs> you just got it's, lucky with that. <laughs> I totally did. Yeah, and it was cheap. Nobody wanted it but me. Yeah. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marijuana March, TED Talk, sell some art, maybe go to Austin. You said maybe yeah. travel around for a month. Yeah, like you kind of inspired me to do that. I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't really have any major commitments um, after this. I've got my art going. That's what I'm passionate about. I can do that anywhere. Um, so I was like, why not? Why not take like a few weeks and just do what Kenny does? See some places you haven't seen? Yeah. So I yeah. want to see more places. Um, I think it'll be good for me to have time to myself. 
and um live day to day yeah and kind of just like shed a lot of stuff you know i feel like it's very uh liberating to just kind of like let go of things and take off you know that's like that's one of the most empowering things i think i've ever done and i've done it before and it gives you a whole new outlook on everything around you so i feel like i'm probably gonna need that Oh, I'm gonna go to Jazz Fest though. Uh, I am yeah. gonna go to Jazz when Fest. Is jazz Fest? It's um the last weekend, first weekend of May. Uh, okay, cool. <clears throat> last weekend of April, first weekend of May. You should come. If I'm here, I will. I think yeah. I probably still will be for sure. Yeah. Be making stuff soon. We're gonna stay down over. Uh, we're gonna stay at Paul's. Oh yeah. We're gonna stay at Paul's house. <laughs> That's where we were um during. That's where he went to the party at, after the dead show was Paul's house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone who's listened to uh, the last few episodes. Yeah. So that's where we were. Yeah. So we can we can stay there and we can go to Jazz Fest. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thanks again, Liz, for being on the show. Looking forward to that marijuana march. Should be a hell of a party. It's just been uh, a little over two weeks now. Should be cool. Uh, meanwhile, I'm just waiting for the funding to clear from the Bivy Pack Kickstarter. The moment that comes in, I can actually pull the trigger on a bunch of material orders, and then it's just a little bit of a waiting game for uh, that to get shipped here, and then start knocking them out. The sooner I knock out all those backpacks, I can start tripping around like a maniac. I don't even know where I'm going to go. i got a bunch of ideas now. A bunch of ideas. Depends how quickly things get going. Um, oh, I did find out I will be in Denver and Boulder for two or three days, four days, I don't know, a few days. Uh, right around mid-May, if anyone's around there. I'm going to see my brother graduate. Should be cool. He's been going to school in Boulder. Uh, yeah, but besides that, yeah, just knocking stuff out. Should be pretty cool. So, oh, that's about it. Give me a shout. You all know where to find me. Hobo Lifestyle all across the board. Twitter, Instagram, dot com, Facebook, whatever. You'll find me. Alright, good times. And I will see you down the road. With all my shit straight, I'll get my big brain.